Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 213, luckily for us, on Tuesday the 23rd of October 2018. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where there are no changes to our lineup, we'll be talking about how 2032 may or may not become an important date. We'll also be discussing more silliness about autonomous vehicles. And we'll be talking about how five years is refreshing for Formula E. Ooh. But first... Sorry. Nicely linked there. So. Thank you. I, I worked hard on that last one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it shows my age as well. Sounds like you worked too hard on that last one. Get on with it. <laughs> one follow-up this time. No Dieselgate, you'll be pleased to hear. However, BMW have announced that they are expanding their technical campaign, is what it's been called. So it's not a recall yet, then? Uh well, I was going to ask you, when does a technical campaign become a recall? Because this started in August, where there was something in the region of 480,000 cars that got recalled in parts of Europe and Asia over a fire risk. This has now been expanded to cover 1.6 million across the globe, including 268,000 diesel-engined models in the UK, because there is a very very minuscule risk this is this was emphasized many times in the press releases it's not really an issue but you know we care about the customer so we are recalling these or not recalling we are we are will be uh, addressing these issues so that there is no risk at all of mm-hmm. there being a fire but it's something to do with the exhaust gas recirculation cooler there is the very slight risk it could leak uh, some uh, glycol liquid and apparently that could, with combination of high temperatures and stuff, create some result. And as they as they say in their own press release... I like this. This is a good word. Result in smouldering particles, which I presume then the smouldering particles get together and have a bit of a party and it becomes a bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah, not, not, not great. But um, I'm not sure if it is a proper recall yet or if it is still a technical campaign and quite what the difference difference is between those. Yes, I think see previous episodes where we have discussed recalls and... Approaches to. How different manufacturers... Yes, uh, approaches to it. But if you need to check whether your vehicle is affected, go to the autocar article that is linked in the show notes because they go on to explain which which vehicles and which range it's from but bmw will be contacting you themselves as well they've made that clear see so how it goes there mm. that's the only piece of follow-up this week isn't it, it is thankfully yes 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 some new news new news a house of commons committee stop laughing everyone Yes, I know. The House of Commons Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy Committee. That so, made, When I saw the full title, that really did make me chuckle. I know. Don't go there. <laughs> uh, has described the government's 2040 target for banning of the sale of petrol and diesel cars, which people said, so what about hybrids? And they went, oh, we don't know. Originally aimed for 2040 as... Here I quote, vague and unambitious in a report. They're suggesting that really it needs to be brought forward to 2032. So that's essentially cutting at least one buying cycle uh, away from from people. I'm, I'm not 100% certain on that, to be honest, but there we go. When this was first announced, the 2040 date, I was uh, along the lines of what the committee have said. So on mm. that side of things, I'm not disagreeing with them 
However, they go on to to say some pretty antiquated sort of daily fail type headlines about EV charging infrastructure. Yeah, this really annoyed people. From even though they did actually get spoken to by private industry that is installing installing chargers every day across the country but they also based their 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 stuff on on an on another government report which was incredibly out of date which is like three years out of date and yeah don't know about you but charging in i know that charging infrastructure has moved on significantly in even in the year since we were oh, in britain i bet if we did it now i mean apart from we know more than we did but i bet if we did it now the 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 opportunity to charge has increased. Oh, significantly. For a start, we can actually cover more of the country. We can, we can pretty much, we can make it to not only that, but also the range of the vehicles. Mm. So if we were to do it in a Kona EV, we'd get almost twice the range that we had in the, the Ionic. Yeah. Uh, and that would easily mean that we could make the charges at Great Yarmouth on the outskirts of, of the, uh, on the outer edge of, of course, of East Anglia. And we could also do the, is it, is it Aberystwyth? There's a new uh, fast charger halfway down the Welsh coast. Is that one in yet? I believe it is, yes. Yeah, okay, I well, if that one is. was in, then we could, we could have done Wales because there was one up near Carnarvon and Bangor. And then there's yeah. one in Swansea, so we would have been able to do the coast there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you, for example, we could we could have gone further, although that would probably have killed us. But we could yes. have gone further with much. <laughs> Wouldn't have been twelve hour days then, would it? Only twelve. Um, yeah, but but we but as well as that, we wouldn't have had to stop to charge as often. So let's just remember that too. No. Swings and roundabouts. Yes. So you know, much much easier now, even than it was a year and a month ago. Uh, to be honest. Yeah, so there's lots of there was lots of whittling about that. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference whether it's 2032 no. or 2040 to be honest because the march of technology and the march of infrastructure is quick enough that I think they're actually either of those is probably relatively reasonable, especially if you're including plug-in hybrids for example in there. Because again, we've got 20 years, 24 years. Yeah. 25 years that's a long time in uh, in technological development especially when there's an absolute push so doesn't seem unreasonable to me we don't have that long don't we have i just mismathed everything? 2032 it's 2018 yeah okay that's too more, more than my little brain can deal with six uh, but what i would say is considering how many new vehicles are actually bought in a year mm-hmm. as opposed to registered perhaps but how many are bought I think it's possible to do it. Yes, it will. And as I said at the time when this 2040 came out and I I said it wasn't strong enough. That's 14 years. Sorry, pardon me. More needs to be done by the government to help make this a reality. And things like cutting the incentive that we were discussing last week, or the grant, is not a helpful move. No. No, it, it's once again, we have a committee and a report which says something completely different to what the government's actually doing. But Well, and to be fair to them, that committee did slam the government's move to remove mm-hmm. the grant from the way that they, the, in the manner that they have done it, which is what we were not agreeing with. That's true, yes. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. NCAP, Euro NCAP and Thatcham Security got together and commissioned a study into automated automated in inverted commas driving systems and trying to gauge the reaction or the understanding of the buying public now 
It turns out they don't. <laughs> yes, this was across the world. They interviewed people from the US, the UK, China. Uh, Germany, Italy, Spain and France. Yeah, so... Some of the, the the major some of the major markets that buy the latest technology in cars. It was only fifteen hundred and sixty seven car owners though. Yes. So it's it's you know, it's still a little bit like those um, makeup adverts. Yes, it is. However, what it basically showed was that people don't understand, as Alan said, people don't understand the technology they they already have in the vehicles. A whopping 71% of drivers globally believe that current cars can drive themselves. No, that they can purchase a car that can drive itself today. More worrying than that, 53% in the UK. Yeah. One in five British motorists think that a car marketed as being capable of automatic steering, braking, acceleration allows them to sit back and relax and let the car do the driving. Yeah, just really, just, just all the stuff that Andrew normally really gets in his high horse about it, and I'm trying to stop him getting on too high a horse about this evening uh, because this is about to turn into the the autonomy show as opposed to the the autonocast uh, where, where you can really find properly informed information about this but there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding well what also happened was that the uh, euro ncap in particular were very harsh in their language about what manufacturers, how manufacturers are marketing and selling this stuff. Yeah. They use the phrase that it's been misleading. They mm-hmm. use the word misleading. That's as serious as you can get without making an incredibly serious accusation. It is, it is. It is almost an accusation. By the way, the the uh, Jalopnik article on this is really very good. Yes, there is a what car that it runs through a lot of this, but I will also link into the Jalopnik article because that is excellent. It gives you some really good stats. It's a fantastic uh, crazy. Some of it. That's how I could find stuff more quickly than Andrew. Uh, it's a really good article and well worth a little bit of a, a little bit of a read um, because, as I say, it does take out the the key points just there. I mean, it's quite alarming. The top three brands drivers believe sell fully self driving cars today are Tesla, forty percent. BMW, 27%, and Audi, 21%. Only half, 51%, of drivers believe they would be liable in the event of a crash when using assisted driver systems. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. It just, just goes on and on and on. Tesla, in particular, I'm quoting Jalopnik here, by the way, has been called out for misleading marketing surrounding their autopilot system, which is described on Tesla's website as full self-driving hardware even though it's by no means that. It's a level two system, et cetera, et cetera. But there are key conclusions. Is it worth me running through the one Yeah, I think, it is. The I, think it is. I think it is. Yep. So key conclusions are no car in the market today offers full auto- automation or autonomy. Cars on the market today can provide driver assistance, but they should not be confused with automated driving. The driver remains fully responsible for safe driving. Used correctly, this technology can help the driver to maintain a safe distance, speed, and to stay within the lane. These systems should not be used in situations they're not designed for and should not be relied upon as an alternative to safe and controlled driving. So no climbing into the back seats, folks. Different manufacturers have implemented different approaches to the application of driver assistance technologies in terms of the level of assistance given to the driver. And Euro NCAPs test, assess, and highlight these differences and the varying degree of driver support each manufacturer provides. There you go. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see Alex Roy's 
take on Euro NCAP's mm-hmm. test of these systems to see what he thinks. Yeah. Because I like a lot of what he says about when you test a system. Because there's he calls out a lot of American uh, reviews when they say, oh, this system is better than that system. And he's going, well, you're not judging. Oh, you, know, you mean that one with that, that YouTube guy? Yeah. Well, there was that one, but he he's also called out plenty of others because I think we have referred to that that actual one. That YouTube guy being Doug Demuro, by the way. Yeah, but he has he has called out. I think it's not Autoblog, but I can't remember. There was one of the others. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I think he may have even talked about Consumer Reports one as well. Possibly. But the other thing that occurs to me as well when reading through all this is that any company, well, there's two things. First, and and I'm not going to harp on too much, but just just to reiterate, first, experts in the field of human interaction and human human to automated autonomous stroke you know assist driver assistance technologies or assistance technologies mm-hmm. have all said the human becomes reliant on it so quickly and they become complacent yeah so that's one so ooh shock the thing they said would happen happens and the final my final point is any company thinks to bring level three onto the roads should be that that level should be banned completely from as an option mm-hmm. we if we can't have level two where someone is supposed to have their hands on the steering wheel yeah people can't evolve onto the next level and they are looking and they are looking at the road ahead if we if people can't do that how can we expect or how does a manufacturer think that deploying a technology where a person can disengage from the driving involvement for a period of time to then be told you need to pick the steering wheel back up and take over, please. Mm-hmm. That transition going to work. The transition anything. time and the suddenly having to understand exactly what's going on is is the challenge there. If the vehicle that in theory has been paying attention can't work it out, then how can someone assess everything if they've been sitting there reading reading their book or watching a movie or something? Yeah, because there's plenty of research to show that that. That requires minutes mm-hmm. to be cognitively back up to speed. I think it was at least 30 seconds. Got, at one in and we've world. got some manufacturers saying 21 seconds is sufficient. Anyway, should we move on? Yes. As I say, it's about to become the autonomy episode because on a related story, Tesla has removed the full self-driving capability, uh, in inverted commas there, from its options list to reduce confusion as a result of the test that we've just said. Even the Lord Musk took him a whole twenty four hours, didn't it? Yeah. Even the Lord <laughs> Musk himself has said that there have been some confusing statements, which is an understatement. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gosh, have there, Elon? Yes. What a surprise! I wonder who buy. So yes. So that's not that's not there anymore. Wouldn't you feel a little bit annoyed if you'd paid for that optional extra? Yeah, I'd be really not. Because wasn't on the it other seven thousand dollars? That's not much. I mean, you can put down a thousand dollars for a Tesla, and two years later, still not be seeing even the specification that was promised at launch mm. or unveiling. Sorry, shall I stop this now? <laughs> so you know, it, it's yes, you would be annoyed, but uh, but so. also to do with this, 
isn't Tesla trying to get the Model 3 through certification in Europe? Uh, I saw that, but the trouble is that they can't get through certification in Europe because of the way that they do software rollouts of kind of just launching them uh, and just bouncing out an OTA update. Uh, whereas in Europe, then the software that the vehicle runs on or that helps power the software is seen as something that needs to be certified as part of the certification process. Apologies for the overuse of the word certification there. So as a result, that's causing challenges in that actually each release should be certified before it's sent out over the air. Or checked, as it's otherwise known as. Yeah, there is that. It's having a third-party check, third-party eyes-on type check. So, yeah. Am I sorry it hasn't been released in Europe? Well, not if they're going to do that, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Uh, you no. know, it does need to be a certain amount of governance. I don't know how they do it for, with the Model S and the Model X, though. But I assume that they've had something in place, because otherwise they wouldn't have been certified. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You would think they would attempt to do just the same again. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. You, you would think. You would think. I like this next story, by the way. I think it's hilarious. Uh, right, well, continuing on our our trend of autonomy and uh, driverless vehicles, the U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the NHTSA, who you've mentioned, who you've heard us mention quite a few times in the last few years, mm-hmm. has ordered the transit operator Transdev North America to stop shuttling kids in a driverless shuttle to school. It has been described as the use of the vehicle is unlawful. This is funny. They I'm had sorry. they had permission to to you to import and test the vehicle the shuttles uh, and show them off for demos. And this was only a temporary permission. Mm-hmm. This, so uh, <coughs> it's right. basically so and I, in, in their quoted. I have I'm, many things I cross. I'm, I'm going to keep going and talk right over you in an attempt to let you calm down and not go all totally nuts about this. Yes, they didn't have permission to use it as a school bus. What should be pointed out is that it was only at one of these twelve-person shuttles. And there was also a there was also a person on it. It wasn't, you know, Lord of the Flies going on in there. There was actually a safety <laughs> operator on board, and the max speed of the vehicle was eight miles an hour. Okay, so it's driverless, yes, and you know the route and operation were fully autonomous, according to the. According to the news stories and the marketing video PR video that went along with this, as well as uh, a lot of you know newspaper coverage, um, so it wasn't it wasn't as if it was just this box of like kids all beating each other up inside. There is actually a a person there, a supervisor, and it's not as if it was punting along at sixty. But still, they had got the wrong permissions. Whether it works, whether it works perfectly or not. The permissions sought were not, or the permissions needed were not the permissions granted. But anyone who is using kids <laughs> as a test bed, you you need you need taking outside and a shoe, giving a shoeing, or you've got to look at the decisions you've made in life to come to this point. Or it underlines one of the fears I have with this whole AV thing, which is uh, which gets reinforced quite regularly when I see. Things like the uh, white paper saying if an AV is in a in an accident, 
it should never be blamed and that sort of stuff is the absolute arrogance of many involved in all this stuff. This is the general arrogance of Silicon Valley that brings us some of the fun things we have around. Just around amazing. You know, ju- just where you look at an app or the idea of a way of selling advertising or monetization, you just think that is so thoroughly unethical. What on earth are you thinking about? And it, it, it's related into it's it's related into that of people going, look at this awesome technology. We can do this rather than saying, should we be doing that? Yes. But, uh, uh, by the way, I thought I did very well there. By the way, I, I thought was, you did I was all right. Quite restrained. <laughs> I just read the story and I could laugh. The commenters, by the way, on Jalopnik are hilarious, which is pointing out that you know what, this is way safer than most actual school buses where kids don't have to wear seatbelts, where you know the drivers are not necessarily. But that annoys me because that's and... garbage as well. That that whole they're going to be safer is. Absolutely. They wasn't really saying that. God. They were just saying, how could it be that much worse? No, but that's the general perception on these things and why I need to finish that uh, autonomous vehicle yes. special edition. Yes, you do. But I anyway. keep hoping that we'll goad you into this and you'll say that every time and eventually you actually will. No, I, no I'm getting closer. I am, okay. I am actually writing it and I've got many mind maps and all sorts of stuff. It is a work in progress. Don't worry. I am, I'm not just saying, oh, I'm going to do it. He either does it or he explodes people, and I'm worried he's going to explode, and I'd rather he didn't do that. I'd have to edit my own ruddy podcast. Yes, you would. Anyway. Right, come on. Tell me how we are going to have autonomous vehicles on the nation's capital roads in 2021. You don't spend nearly enough time in the nation's capital, because anyone who does would know that the idea of having self-driving Addison Lee vehicles can only be better than having the human, I assume, driven Addison Lee vehicles, which are truly the most appalling, the most appalling drivers uh, on the streets in London uh, as a group. I'm sure people will say, oh, no, I had an Addison Lee driver and uh, they were wonderful. And that's all right. But I've seen them intentionally run red lights. I've seen them do all sorts of horrible things. Things and just bad road behaviour. Um, so, quite frankly, I will never use Addison Lee uh, as a rule. I would rather use Uber. But God, that's uh, bad. Yeah, but yeah, they're, 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 there is a deal there between Addison Lee and Oxbotica. Addison Lee, who's looking to to make a deal with Oxbotica to actually do lots of data collection from the five thousand. So it's 5,000 drivers. I think many of the vehicles are multi-shifted. So mm. it's not that many vehicles. But yes, it's they're looking at software development rather than hardware right at the minute. So it's about gathering the information just now. The whole self-driving cars bit is a bit of sort of PR puff uh, around that. Really the important bit is that is that uh, they've got a partnership with Oxbotica to, to try and collect as much data as possible, really, uh, which they'll be doing round the clock uh, and all sorts of all sorts of things like that so yeah because otherwise it's just it is purely a pr piece yes yes it is because it's because if in case anyone's wondering it will they will not be driving any autonomous vehicles on london's roads public roads in 2021 unless it is a test thing at best on the other hand it would still be an improvement over most addison lee drivers 
So anyway, <laughs> uh, well over halfway through the show, because really the reason we've focused on so much autonomous stuff rather than going, oh, goodness, we've got to limit this, is because there is nearly no other news. No. <laughs> it's the real reason for that. Uh, but it is Giltman. It is that little moment where we say, if you enjoy what we do, uh, and you enjoy listening to the Motoring Podcast, then there are a couple of ways to show your support by giving us some of your hard-earned cash. In a one-off manner, you can buy st- you can buy stickers. I don't want to call them car stickers because that might lessen and constrict your your creativity when it comes to applying one of the uh, one of our fine our fine stickers to a piece of uh, to one of your belongings, one or more of your belongings if you buy multiple stickers. They're available in internal versions for putting on the inside of glass, looking out the way, and external versions for putting on the outside of glass, but not looking in the way, which also work beautifully on clipboards. What else have we had? Uh, Lots of toolboxes have gained them. Race cars. Yes, race cars. All sorts of stuff. Makes them go faster, we hear. It does. It does. We'll, yes, we'll have yet to We have yet to confirm this uh, scientifically, but we believe... We believe there are many miles an hour faster they vehicles can go with these cars uh, with these stickers on the outside of them. Yes, yes. Second drops seconds off true. seconds off your lap time, provided you also drive faster. Yes, uh, yes. in there uh, as well as that. Of course, if you wish to give us cash on an ongoing basis, then you can use the Patreon service. You go to patreon.com slash motoring podcast. There's a lot more information there alternatively if you can't remember that web address go to motoringpodcast.com there's an orange become a patron sticker uh, sticker oh i've got them on my head now no not literally um button <laughs> on the front i didn't even mean that uh, we understand of course that not everyone has the ability to do that so if you could please uh, subscribe via a podcatcher whichever service takes your fancy uh, apple podcast google podcasts overcast whatever else is there. If you could subscribe, like, leave a rating, that would be absolutely genius. Last but not least, why not accost a mate and say, look, we know you like cars and interesting, fun people talking about the news. And despite all of that, just subscribe them to the show. That would be absolutely brilliant. And rear view as well. Uh, and I think that that is more than a minute but and a bit waffly, but it, it seems to have covered it. It has. Covered all the key points. Yes. Formula E, Alan. Formula in, E in the, in the quiet time. So it's me again. Uh, Formula E have announced a humongous sponsorship deal today, and the reason we, we debated about whether to include this or not, and not because it's Formula E, because I know some of you don't like Formula E, but tough luck. It's our podcast. <laughs> then, God, please. Well, no. It, I've had a long, tiring day. Didn't quite have to say it like that. You could say, well, we enjoy Formula E, so therefore that's why we're continuing with it. You could have softened the blow. I'm really not in the mood for softening the blow tonight. This is not one of your clients that's annoyed you, you know. Yeah, no, I know. None of them annoy me. I love them all. Heineken entered into a five-year partnership with Formula E to be the official beer and cider partner. That always strikes me as odd with motor racing. Well, it does, doesn't it? I was going to say, about to say exactly the same thing. It does always seem a bit weird. Don't drink and drive. It's a key message uh, around the world. And then uh, come along and go, hey, but um, we're an alcohol company. Uh, You want to buy some beer? Uh, The Heineken Zero, by the way, is particularly nice. uh, And if they want to send me a couple of packs, 
in support. That would be great. They see this as a fantastic way to reach out to new consumers and to activate a platform where we lead every day as a brand. Uh, and that's in big cities, by the way. That's what they're really they're really on about, and that's what they're trying to pump is to say, "Oh, look, look, uh, look, uh, look at our environmental creden- credentials, and uh, look how those of you who don't actually need to drive cars can drink beer." Yeah, but but also, yes, yes, it is doing all that. But also, I think the interesting point for me is that a global company such as Heineken has seen how eyes have turned to Formula E and how mm-hmm. uh, how visible it must be now and attractive therefore to their to their advertising dollars euros whatever it's uh advertising crowns actually because they are a danish company okay of course yes sorry but i think that's that's great for formula e that it is now moving up in in visibility not it's not just a nichey little thing it's no longer just tech companies and investment bankers yes that are that are the supporters. It is it is mainstream brands, and that's very important there. Yeah, uh, there's a, there's another little bit of info, uh, 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 another news item to do with Formula E actually, uh, right. and it's that uh, James Barkley, who is the Jaguar team director, is going to be the new chairman of the Formula E Teams Manufacturers Association. Oh right, okay. He's taken over from Andressi's Roger Griffiths. <laughs> Uh, so you know this is a another reinforcement of this is a grown up proper series that that it should be at least acknowledged as taking itself seriously and taking what it's doing seriously yeah there is a there is actually a third piece now that I think about it, and it's that um formula former formula one driver Stefan van Doorn is going to be driving for mercedes formula e in for the twenty nineteen twenty twenty well, he's targeting driving for Mercedes Formula E in 2019, 2020 as well. So uh, mm. more people moving from Formula 1 across. Cool. Right. Lunchtime read. This is a two-parter. There will be a test at the end, everybody. So make sure you do your homework properly. But this is uh, from friend of the show, Matteo Licata. And back in August, he wrote a two-part thing on how car design works. Now, the first part was explaining the nuts and bolts of who does what, where, how, and all the rest of it which helps, you know, he wrote the whole thing from having been on the inside to help bust some myths and some misconceptions, really, that us muggles mm-hmm. uh, have had <laughs> to, do with, <laughs> to do with car design. That it's, you know, it's just particularly when somebody stands up and discusses the design to the press and it's seen, and then it's forever more seen as, oh, it was his design or and invariably is a his as well, which is also frustrating so this these two articles go on and tell and and helps put some reality into all of this so it's um it's actually i found it a fascinating read uh, both of them so i thoroughly encourage you all to go and do likewise and then um perhaps we'll all we'll all appreciate the effort that goes into design and how how it actually comes to be uh from more of a position of strength we have done previously. I found a new derivation of my paper towel dispenser today. Did you? a new flavour I hadn't seen before. Yes. Ooh, did you take a photograph? No, I didn't. I'll wait till tomorrow. <laughs> There's a toilet roll dispenser version. Mm-hmm. Sounds ridiculous, but it makes me very, very happy because they were a relatively miserable two years designing those ruddy things. So uh, as I see that the range has been expanded and expanded and expanded, it makes me very, very happy indeed. 
it sounds so ridiculous. Any designers will get what I'm on about. No, not at all. Because I've I've worked on buildings and stuff, and then I've I've happened to go past them years later and go, oh yeah, I did that. Hmm. And then I'll see a little detail on it and go, oh, I remember. I had to do that because of X, Y, and Z. And there's you know you you remember the whole. Whilst it may have been awkward and late nights and early mornings and everything to get things done. Uh, no, I totally understand what you mean. I totally mm. understand it. Because there's something physical people oh, can yeah. see and interact with that you 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 were involved in doing that. <laughs> this is so off topic. Yes, Andrew, they can pull paper out of it to wipe their bottom. Well, yes, but you know what I mean. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. This makes me... Bizarrely, it still makes me incredibly happy. There we are. So um, anyway, slowly move on. I'm sure. <laughs> please cut some of that. Yeah, let's move on to the shortest list li- to this week's list of the week. You're going to leave it in because you're evil. <laughs> let's move on to this week's list of the week, which is the shortest lived cars in UK history. And how many do you remember? Lots of these. I actually feel that three to four years is quite a long time. Uh, and many of these fit into that kind of category. But there are... Oh, there's one I thought was missing earlier. But there are some crackers in here that you might have forgotten about. The Suzuki Kizashi being one of the shortest-lived ones. Oh, there's somebody we know on Twitter's just bought one. Have they? Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. Well done, sir. Four-wheel drive, CVT, unusual saloon car. A 2.4 petrol, yeah. It's a really cool car. It's one of those ones that I would... It, it's a it's a bit of an Allen car in that it's uh, really surreal and odd and nobody's ever heard of it and therefore therefore I am. I'm a fan of it. What else is in here that's interesting? The Subaru B9 Tribeca. That's a modern Edsel. Uh, it's really just the uh, one of the ugliest vehicles that's been put on sale. The last generation Honda Legend. There's, there's two, there were two around me for a while there. Incredibly handsome vehicle. Four-wheel drive, four-wheel steering, all sorts of cool stuff. And now... Shed prices, and there was one in here which I spotted and have now lost, which my dad has just sold one. And I was slightly disappointed that he sold it without telling me, uh, which is the uh, Toyota Urban Cruiser. Oh, yeah. Which is is essentially a square, in his case, four-wheel drive diesel manual Yaris with really quite high spec, which shoves some mud tires on one of those, and it will go anywhere. Really interesting Japanese alternative to a Panda four-wheel drive. Mm. And it will never break. Well, his didn't, and it going up and down mine roads and all sorts of tracks. It was an awesome little car. Mm. Um, quite sad he sold it, actually. So, so yeah, there's loads of other fun stuff in there. Some you might be expecting, others you might not. And some yeah. stuff you look and go, oh, oh, wow. I didn't think that was on sale for such a short period of time. Or, goodness, I wish that one had been on sale for less time. <laughs> yes, there are a couple of them. Sangyong Kirion, four years. Seems like ages. The Jeep Compass, oh, Jeep Patriot, pardon me. It got so bad I couldn't even be bothered remembering its name. <laughs> and the Chevrolet Orlando. Have you ever been in one of those? I was I in one of the minicab ones. It's just the most uncomfortable thing ever. Load of rubbish. Shouldn't have even been on sale for four years. Surprised at how short the... Yeah, no, it's bad. Uh, I was surprised at how short the Audi A2 was. Yes, again, it's another car I would actually quite like to own. Five years. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think I must have lived quite close to an Audi dealer. Therefore, there was lots of them mm. around. That's, that must be the reason I, I sort of think about them. I think they've been around for longer. And the Renault Wind, there's a teacher. 
What a bad name. There's a teacher at the Crack Windscreen Sprogs School. It's got one. Do you know what? I actually don't mind the looks of the wind. The problem with the wind is its tiny little skinny wheels and its off-road level um, ride height. I tend to feel that if you decent wheels, slam it a bit, and then actually put an engine which will move it in it, then then I think it... You know, you'd think Renault coming out of something like that. They're well known for their va-va-voom and stuff, so... yeah. No, but it reminds me of the the last generation of the MR2 where it looks like it's going to tip over the front. It's all the back ends up and the front down. It looks like it's just going to yeah. If you hit a a chock at the front, the the back would just flip over. I mean, we know people who've just bought those, and to be honest, one of the first things I would do is low is lower it and sort the suspension out, which would probably goes against getting rid of any ride that you've got. But it would both it both looks better in it. You know, you've got to make sure that your tracking is right on one of those. They are very, very fussy. Yeah, but go and go through and have a look at the rest of the list anyway. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's quite a good list. It's a autocar one, which seems to be working on a slideshow. Uh, well, it actually messed up slightly on mine, but it was better than it used to be. So thank you so much for upgrading that, people. Yes, quite. We now actually include them. Yes, I know we can. We, we've started to include them again. It must have been the fact that they lost so many clicks off us. You know, must have dropped by thousands and thousands. That they've uh, they've actually paid it attention and fixed. I it. choose I choose to believe it's because senior management listen, uh, senior management at Hay Level listen, at Hay Level Hay Market yeah. listen, and then um, and then actually did something about it. I think they got bored of us harping on. <laughs> Please make that stop. It's a wonder day. It's a wonder. <laughs> Not everybody does. Anyway, do you want to get on with the end finally then? This is so you. I'm so pleased this is your story. And finally, yes. Uh, I, I noticed you put this on me because, you know, I wasn't going to be angry enough with autonomous vehicles. I was just uh, trying to swap everything over as we went through. I was, it was fair. But General, General Motors in America, because that's just about where they're left, have announced that they will allow you to order a McDonald's as you drive to the McDonald's thanks to uh, their special partnerships in inverted commas, that they have managed to do, uh, along with Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. Yes! As, and you can also pay for any Shell or Exxon Mobil, which makes me so happy that people are going to look away from the road and press screens, touch screens. Unless, and I'm presuming that this is the case, hoping, praying, that none of this can be activated by the driver whilst the car is moving along. It's America. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. Well, this is the first. St- this is one of the first steps into it. I mean, it was announced recently that that General Motors, I believe it was, was uh, doing a study in inverted commas with many owners to check out what music they were listening to and then what what did they do or. Mm-hmm. Where did they go? So to see if there was a correlation between music and basically buying habits so they could sell that information onto advertisers. It was radio stations. It was all these kind of things. It's In these cases, when there's a story like this, it's pretty much always General Motors doing it. Yep. Which Something. is why I'm glad they're not here now. So, so yeah, but they're des- desperately looking for an alternative. Uh, the, I mean, this is, these are the first steps into your lives being completely tracked and whatever information it is that they can glean from the car and your journeys, they will pass on to whoever the hell they like. Mm-hmm. And you have to sign up and agree to that if you're going to use the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So, you done? You finished now? 
Good. We were doing really well. We got through all that. Auto- I, I, I think I'm being quite polite. I think I'm being very good. We got through all that autonomy stuff and he didn't go off the deep end. All it took was the fact you could order a McDonald's from the steering wheel and that was him. Whoosh, away you went. No, because of what it means, Alan. You know what it means. I know exactly what it means. I, I know exactly what it means. Anyway, should we move on to the parish notes, mate? I think we should. Yes. So the rear view was out sake. <laughs> last week. Yes, last Friday. Last Friday. Andrew Bayliss, mm-hmm. rally instructor and uh, co-founder of Spinal Track. Yes, lots of really good uh, feedback on that. So thank you so much on Andrew's behalf. I'll just say that for you, mate, because you won't say it yourself. So that's been brilliant. <laughs> Hopefully a new special edition on Friday, maybe. Hopefully. Should be. Trying. The, the stuff recorded. Uh, what else? What else is there? I've got something else I might do over the weekend that's video related. I still haven't got around to the GRMN six-month thing yet. It's been written and rewritten about four times. It just actually needs done. But um, so you know, update everybody on your new wheels. Yeah, I wasn't actually going to mention the new wheels and your new uh, your new f- spots on the front and the rear wing that you're going to no. put on. Uh, as and well the, as that, the if long you are, rally mud flaps that you're going to wished. Uh, as well as that, if you are interested in visiting. Well, come on. Uh, in visiting uh, Tom Ford and Co.'s new venture just outside Stratford upon Avon, Stratford upon Avon, then it opens on Saturday. Caffeine and yes. something, but my I've clicked the link to find, remind myself what it's called, and my internet hasn't loaded the page yet, so it might be sometime. But that caffeine and machine, there we go. It hasn't loaded. I have remembered. Uh, then that is. That is coming on Saturday. So if you need the location, uh, look for it on Yon Internet. Mm-hmm. It's there on Google Maps already, I believe. Does that cover the parish notes? That is thank you. It. Thank you as ever for all your feedback, screenshots, all the rest. Appreciate it. <laughs> Interaction's good. <laughs> Did make me laugh last week. Yes. That's about it. So, folks, don't forget, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts on the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the herb of all our activities. Uh, don't forget our Patreon offer, available at motoringpodcast.com, uh, as are our stickers. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, whichever podcast app that you're using and lets you do such a thing. It really, really does matter. Getting in touch with Andrew, what's the best way? Best way will be via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that personally? Personally? Uh, the we said it's really dodgy. Uh, the Twitters are good for that as ever. <laughs> where I'm at AJP Bradley B R A D L E Y. Uh, we'll be back next week, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring.